0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Churches Podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message from one of our teaching pastors here at Active Churches. We are online and we are also in person. So we'd love to have you gather with us. 9 a.m. and 1045 here at our Yukaipa location or online on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into our message. Friends, thank you so much for joining us here at Active. My name is Mike, and I serve as the lead pastor. And whether you're watching or you're listening, whether it's your first time or you've been with us a very long time, thanks for being a part of the story that God is writing here at Active Church. Today, we begin a brand new conversation called Hope. In the city and this conversation is going to build towards Christmas Eve and if you're gonna join us for in-person gatherings on Christmas Eve the times are 2 4 and 6 p.m. if you're gonna watch online we have a special gathering at 3 p.m. right here online for you and so I hope that you'll join us but as we build towards Christmas we're gonna talk about hope and how to identify when hope is winning in you around you and when hope is winning in the city and Christmas is gonna be the filter that we're going to discover hope through. Because Christmas is God's announcement that hope is real, that hope is here, and that hope has a name. And His name is Jesus. And boy, do we need hope. In this season of 2020, we need some hope. Because hope helps us to keep going. Hope re-energizes us. Hope is like, oxygen for your soul you know when we look for any sort of direction we need hope when we're desperate we look for clarity when we're lost we look for safety and when we feel helpless we need hope and when i talk about hope i'm not talking about the cross your fingers kind of hope because that's luck And when we talk about hope, I'm not talking about the when you wish upon a star kind of hope because that's Disney. I'm talking about the kind of hope that you place your confidence in Jesus kind of hope. The hope that says, I believe that something is going to happen, that things are going to be better, that the best really is yet to come. My friend and pastor, Tim Gillespie, he's been a part of Active and has come and shared with us over the last few years. He said earlier this year that hope is not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It's being in the darkness and believing that there is a light. Isn't that good? He's talking about this idea that even though things around us feel like they're falling apart, that you and I have a decision to make. And that decision is this. Where will we place the weight of our lives? In whose hands will we entrust ourselves to? And this conversation as we build towards Christmas Eve is a conversation about identifying when hope is winning in you and around you and in our city. And it wins when we place our confidence in the person and work of Jesus. See, hopeful people, they don't cross their fingers. Hopeful people, place their confidence in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Have you ever thought about how we're going to talk about this last year in a year or in five years or in ten years when you talk to your kids as they grow or your grandkids as you get older? Have you ever thought about how we're going to talk about this year? Maybe we'll say things like that was the year of the COVID pandemic. Or maybe we'll say that was the year that we had to socially distance ourselves for the sake of one another. Or maybe we'll say that was the year that I felt more isolated and alone. Maybe perhaps you'll say that was the year that I discovered that our friends of color, those who look different than us, that was the year I discovered that they felt like they didn't matter and my eyes were open to the reality that they matter. They matter to me and they matter to god or maybe you'll talk about how this was the year that our mental health was something that we decided to take very serious and it wasn't something that just some people deal with but it's something that all people must face and deal with we have a tendency to timestamp moments. We have a way of attaching memories to circumstances around us. And often, when we look back, we can be overwhelmed by what takes place. But when we're people of hope, when we place our confidence in who Jesus is and what Jesus does, it gives us permission to pause, to reflect, and to think back and to see what God has done because he's a good God who brings out good things. And it allows us to see what opportunities are in front of us. It allows us to experience the best that really is yet to come. It's how better stories are told. When we are hopeful, not crossing our fingers, but placing our confidence in Jesus, we can step into the story that God is writing for us and for those around us and for our city and for our world. And you know, we're no different than those who have come before us. The men and women who were choosing to pursue God are very similar to how we pursue God. They did a lot of the same things that we do, especially when tragedy hit, when things were hard and were heavy. And what I want to do in our time together is I want to share with you a letter that was written and it spoke about how things were difficult but it also focused on the tangible reality of what happens when you place your confidence in jesus when you choose to be hopeful when you choose to look to the story that god is writing this letter is found in the pages and documents that we call the bible in the old testament the hebrew scriptures and it was written by a man named isaiah and he had an incredible role in the nation of Israel, he was a prophet of God, like a pastor, but even even greater than a pastor, a religious leader, but even greater than a religious leader. He, his job was to speak to the people on behalf of God, was to represent God to the people. And Isaiah, he had this longing for things to be better. He felt the weight of the season of life. He felt how hard it was and how heavy it was. And honestly, even though he was the significant leader for the people and it was a significant leader for the movement of God, the way of the kingdom of God, he didn't know what to do. And he was looking for a better story. And he was in desperate need of hope because he is just like you and me. Just because he held a title, it doesn't mean that he didn't have the same longings that you and I have. And in his letter, he begins to write about What he experienced next and this moment that I want to share with you is powerful because as we discover what hope looks like when it's winning in you and around you and in the city, we're going to see a decision that Isaiah made that you and I can make so that hope can be the thing that leads us that we're not crossing our fingers, but we're placing our confidence in who God is and what God does. And so if you'd like to follow along, I would love for you to grab the Bible app or grab your Bible and turn to the letter of Isaiah in the Old Testament. We'll be in Isaiah chapter six, starting in verse one. And Isaiah introduces us to a very hard and heavy, difficult situation. He begins this way. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, we're introduced immediately to the reality of his world at the time. And he says to us, the king is dead. The one who leads them is dead. And everyone is devastated. It doesn't matter if he was a good king or a bad king. There's just something about losing the king that made everybody in that world feel vulnerable because the king is the protector of the people. The king is now gone and they feel helpless and they are experiencing a hopelessness. And then what he says next is so incredible. It's the decision he makes because something extraordinary happens. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. For the first time in a long time, Isaiah said, I experienced hope rising in my heart again because I saw the Lord. And what he begins to share is remarkable. Listen to this scene that he experiences and tries to describe for you and for me. He says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne high and exalted and the train of his robe filled the temple and above him were seraphs these are giant beings and these seraphs had six wings and they were calling back and forth to one another holy 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 is the lord god almighty the whole earth is filled with his glory and at the sound of their voices the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke I got to be the youth pastor here at Active Church for about 13 years, and we would go to an event every summer where our teenagers would discover God in a week's time, and it was powerful, it was incredible to watch the movement of God in the hearts of young men and young women, and as they discovered Jesus and His love for them, they wanted to change their life, they wanted to surrender their life, and they wanted to follow the way of Jesus. And the event was incredible because these people who put it on they did an they did a remarkable job of engaging and creating accessible content for our teenagers i remember that when we would gather at night for the worship moment for the auditorium moment for the moment where we we would hear a message they would always have a moment where They would engage the teens with something on the screen or they would have them play a game with one another and then anytime we were just sitting and waiting for something to happen there would always be some sort of chanting or yelling that would take place and eventually the whole group of us over a thousand teenagers would begin to shout back And forth and they would shout over on the right side that they were from this city and over on the left side they would shout back they're from this city and then the shout would become something else and something else maybe it would be something about God but it was one of those moments where it got loud in the room you could feel the energy in the room you felt like everything was shaking a bit we created our own earthquake in that room and I have to imagine that that's what Isaiah is experiencing in this moment and yet This is an image, a picture of the throne room of God in heaven. Isaiah says the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and there was this remarkable moment where these beings are crying out to God and calling God by name and describing God to one another. It's not an ordinary moment and he's doing the best he can to describe this very extraordinary moment but I have to believe that this is the moment where God became real to Isaiah. Because isn't it true that God becomes real not when we pray a prayer or go to church. God becomes real in those moments where we didn't expect him, where we were protected, we were watched over. I'm sure you have stories about when God became real to you and it wouldn't necessarily be a religious story or a church story. Maybe it's a moment where you recognize that you weren't alone, even though you felt alone, or that you weren't isolated, that God was with you, or that you weren't someone who's going to have to remain broken forever, but that God would heal you. When did God become real to you? I would love for you to consider that question, because that's What Isaiah is sharing with us, this moment, even though he's a prophet of God, this is a moment where God became very tangible and accessible and real to him. And then Isaiah has this moment where he breaks down, he's moved with emotion, and he says, "'Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips.'" And then he describes why he feels that way, why this rush of emotion hits him. He writes in verse six, "My eyes." have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. He recognized who he is and how hopeless he was and then had his eyes open to the fact that God is real and he's becoming real to him and that he's believing that there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel, but that in amongst all this darkness, There is a light. There is something coming. There is a God who is working all things out. And he's choosing in this moment to entrust himself to that God. And he recognizes how broken he is, how sinful he is, and how good God is and how loving God is. And he's moved with emotion. Have you ever been there? Maybe it was that moment when God became real to you. And then something powerful happens. Isaiah begins to describe how someone in the temple of god touches his lips with this piece of coal from a fire that was burning in the temple and then isaiah writes that god says to isaiah eyeball to eyeball he says your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for isaiah felt the reality of the decisions he's made the consequences of that and why he felt hopeless and then god is standing in front of him, and at first maybe he had some fear that God was going to condemn him, and yet God forgave him. He atoned or covered over his sin. It was no longer a part of his story. It was as if God was saying, you, Isaiah, you don't have to live like this anymore. That this hopeless and helpless feeling is not a part of your story anymore. You being overcome and overwhelmed is not a part of your story anymore. And by the way, Isaiah, You don't have to live like this anymore, and neither does anyone else. And then God, being God, in this extraordinary moment, remarkable moment, he throws out his own question to Isaiah, almost ambiguously out into the open air to see what Isaiah would say back. God yells out, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? Because the message of forgiveness and atonement and covering over and you don't have to live like this and you don't have to be broken and hope is on the way. Who will go for us? Who will tell this story of God? Who will communicate this message of hope? And of course, Isaiah is moved and he says, here I am, here I am, God, send me. Because he had a deep love and concern for his people and he knew that they were in need of hope and he believed that the story of hope is the better story that God is telling. And then God agrees to have Isaiah be the one that shares this story of hope. And he begins to share with him very honestly, very, very accessibly, very much, very much re- radical honesty with Isaiah in this moment. He gets real, real, real with him. And he speaks honestly about the position of the people's hearts around him. God speaks about how they are prioritizing their own way and not God's way. And God says to Isaiah, here's the better story that I want you to share with them. It's remarkable, verses nine to 13. And then he says to him, it's not something that you're gonna have to do on your own, but it's actually something that will be done and you'll get to join in that moment. God is gonna do something so incredible, so extraordinary that you won't even be able to fathom that. And of course, this was was interesting to Isaiah. And he begins to ponder and wonder, like, what do you mean, God? How are you going to communicate this message of hope? How are you going to prepare the way? How are you going to let people know that hope is real and hope is here and hope has a name? How are you going to invite them to place their confidence in you so that they can believe that hope is alive and then god says these words and isaiah writes it down in isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. maybe you've heard it before if you've been a part of the church for a while if you haven't listen to these words that isaiah writes down from the mouth of god therefore in light of everything that we've just experienced isaiah the lord himself will give you a sign here's how you will know that hope is real and alive and has a name the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you, we, all of us, will call him Emmanuel. God's plan for hope being real and hope being here and hope showing up and hope having a name is found in the story of a child. And not just a average, normal, regular, ordinary child, but a child who was born of a virgin And if you haven't gotten caught up on your biology about how babies are made, that is remarkable. Maybe you should talk to mom and dad one more time. Let them explain that to you. But this child will be born of a virgin and then the name you shall give him is Emmanuel, God with us. Now here's what I'm guessing is happening on the other side of this camera or on the other side of you listening to this podcast. You are familiar with the Christmas story. And so as I'm sharing this with you, and then I begin to talk about this child and begin to talk about the Christmas story, you respond with, Oh yeah, he's talking about Jesus. Yay, Jesus. And we're not moved like Isaiah was moved. We're not not invited into something greater like Isaiah was invited into something greater because this is familiar to us. And isn't it true that when extraordinary things become familiar, we begin to treat them as ordinary things? Here's why this is so remarkable, because God is communicating that hope is here. Hope is real and hope has a name. And for the first time in a long time, Isaiah was gonna hope again and not cross his fingers and not wish upon a star, but Isaiah was gonna hope and put his confidence in the weight of his life, in who God is and what God does. This was life-giving for Isaiah. This was hope-giving for Isaiah. This was strengthening for him because he recognized in this moment that he is not alone, that God was with him and was with all of us, that God is here and we know this Because Jesus has come, and we are familiar with the Christmas story. Friends, don't miss the reality of what's happening in this moment and how it has changed everything. That God has shown up. And He didn't show up on a tank. He didn't show up with an army. That God showed up as a child born of a virgin on that first christmas night and he said i'm here because i want you to live life with hope a hope that places all of the weight of your life on the child who grew up and died on a cross and rose from the grave all of the weight of your life on who this child is and what this child does, and his name is Jesus. Listen, I know that you're familiar with the Christmas story, whether you are new to this or you've been doing this Christian thing for a long time. My hope for you is that you would experience the hope of Jesus starting today and throughout this Christmas season not a cross your fingers, not a wish you wish upon a star, because that's luck and that's Disney, but that you would place your confidence in who Jesus is and what Jesus does. Hope changes you because hope opens your eyes to the world around you. It causes you to pause and reflect and to look for God. We see that in the story of Isaiah, when things were terrible in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah writes, I saw the Lord. It felt like everything was falling apart and yet he had hope because remember, hope is not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Hope is being in the darkness and believing that there is a light and the light has a name. and His name is Jesus. So friends, when we talk about this year, in a year, in five years, and in 10 years, may our language, may our words, may our interactions sound something like this. In the year that the pandemic hit, I saw the Lord. In the moments when pain was terrible, God was with me. In the season when I thought I was alone, God was near me. In the days when the minutes felt like hours and the days felt like weeks, I kept choosing to place my confidence in Jesus. Hopeful people don't cross their fingers. Hopeful people place their confidence, their weight all of their life in who Jesus is and what Jesus does. You want to have an extraordinary Christmas? Then place your confidence in Jesus. You want to see hope winning in you? then place your confidence in Jesus. You wanna see hope winning in those around you? Then place your confidence in Jesus. Friends, you wanna see hope in the city? Then place who you are and everything you do in the confident hands, the strong hands of Jesus. Because when you do that, you're not believing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. When we turn the calendar from 2020 to 2021, things will be better. What you're believing is that even though there's darkness all around us, there is always a light. And that light walks with you, forgives you, loves you, never leaves you or turns his back on you. And that light has a name and his name is Jesus. Friends, there's hope in the city. There's hope in your family and there is hope for you. And hope has a name. It's real, it's here, and his name is Jesus. Let me pray for you. God, it's because of Jesus that we can believe in the dark places and spaces of our lives and in our world. It's in this season that we can trust in you, that we can believe that there's a light and we can believe that hope is winning in us and around us and in our city. So God, I pray for those that are watching or listening, that they would take a moment to say to you, I'm placing who I am and what I'm doing in your very capable and strong hands, and that they are trusting and and believing in you, that you got this, that you're not gonna drop the ball, you're not gonna leave us, you're not gonna turn your back on us. I pray that this Christmas season wouldn't be the greatest because we get to be together or get the greatest gifts, but that this Christmas season would be the greatest, the most extraordinary Christmas season ever because we've decided to place our confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.
1: And treasures that fade are never enough And you came along And put me back together And now every desire is now satisfied Here in your love There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Yes, I know it's true, Lord, I'm not. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing, nothing is better than you.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were encouraged by today's message Hey, I want to ask you to do two things. First thing, hit that subscribe button to stay connected to the Active Churches podcast. The second thing I want to invite you to do is go onto your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and go to at Active Churches. Stay connected to the community because together we can tell a better story.